Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how Holy Spirit, the Bible, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. How many of you brought your Bible to church today? Awesome. We're going to keep asking you every week. We're on a mission to bring your own Bible back to church. Bring your highlighter, your pen, mark it up, fold pages. I mean, we should need a new Bible every couple years because we're just, you know, letting the revelations pour out on the page. You know, it's the good news. The gospel is the good news. Literally, that word is translated into that phrase. And we see in the word that when Jesus showed up on the scene, that he went about preaching the good news, which was that the kingdom of heaven has now come to earth and I'm about to get some business done, right? If Jesus were to say it in a real slang way, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm about to bring you guys life and life more abundantly. And yet so many believers are not seeing that life fulfilled in the areas of their lives. And you know, God wants you to receive life in its fullness, even more than you want it. God sent his son. That's how badly he wants you to walk in the fullness of life. God sent his one and only son to die for you because he loves you to pay the price that we couldn't pay on our own. And that is the good news. But the good news must be received. In order to enjoy good news, you receive it. You know, when someone comes and brings you their news, oh, we're pregnant or, oh, we just had a baby or, oh, we sold our house or whatever the news might be, you receive it and you react and you go, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Or when you have good news, you just want to share it. And this good news is for all people. That's what the angel said, right? Behold, I have good news for all people that there's a savior born and this savior restored our relationship with God. And yet we live our life uh, reacting to the news, to the news that maybe the media presents to us, news that maybe our spouse shares with us or our teacher speaks over our life, news that maybe our thoughts conjure up all on our own. And we give them the emphasis. We give those headlines, those stories, um, all of our attention. And that's not how it should be. The only good news, the only news that matters in your world, in your life, in your destiny, in your thoughts, in your emotions is Jesus. He is the good news come in flesh, John says, right? The word became flesh and the word succeeded at doing everything that you were supposed to do but couldn't do in your imperfections to bring you into restoration with God. And now it's our job to walk out this good news in our life to see that abundant life take place in our bodies, in our minds, in our friendships, in our parenting, in our careers. The amount of good news that you receive is the amount of good news that you will live. You must receive this good news with an open heart. You must bring this good news and make it the headline story of every second, of every moment, of every situation, of every opportunity, this good news is the headline story. And we're not going to dive into this today, but the media, 
is a bunch of people <laughs> who decide what the headline story is going to be today. And man, if we look back at some of the headline stories, we shake our heads at how we became the captive audience to this headline story and what's going to happen and Y2K. And oh my goodness, you look back at some of the stories that have come out of media and uh, we allow them to lead and guide our decisions, our thoughts. The headline story will tell you how to spend your money, whether or not you'll live a long life because, you know, global warming and chemical and pollution and don't even think about past 70. Oh, the, the news will tell you what it wants you to think. And if you have not done a good job of receiving God's good news, all the other news can, I mean, if someone's got a persuasive argument, if you haven't been founded on the truth, this is why people falter because they have nothing to compare it to. But when we receive this good news and we make this the headline story, that when when uh, lies, when deception, when fear, when the world tries to tell you, this is the headline, this is what's going on, this is what your future looks like, that you go, oh, oh no, don't even try. No, no, I've got the good news. <laughs> and it's my headline story in my life. It's how I live, it's how I speak, it's what I preach to myself every day. You know, there's something that changes in a believer when you go from sitting in church and listening to a sermon, listening to someone preach at you, which is fantastic. God says, don't forsake getting together, encouraging each other, building each other up in the faith. But then when you get home, start preaching it to yourself all week long. <laughs> this good news is meant to be in your mouth and in your heart, right? Romans says the word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. So if you want the good news to saturate your very being, your emotions, your actions, your decisions, your relationships, you get the good news in your mouth and you preach yourself the good news. That is the key that I believe many believers are missing today. We speak the first feeling. We speak the, the fear or the anxiety that pops up its ugly head. And we believe that headline story over the fact that this has been fulfilled. This is every promise, yes and amen in Jesus, if I dare to receive it with my heart. If I dare to say, yep, that's got my name on it. God says that he sent his son to die for me and I believe him and I will receive his love because there ain't nobody offering me what God offers me in his goodness, in his peace, in his joy, in his destiny. Your life depends on this. My life depends on my ability to make the good news the only news that matters. This is the only thing that matters in life. It will direct every decision, every relationship. It will show you goodness and mercy and life and family and purpose, all of it. You don't even need Google. <laughs> you don't even need the news and what some expert has to say because when you are linked up to the good news, it sets you free. Jesus sets you free. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, dear friends, let me give you clearly the heart of the gospel that I've preached to you. The good news that you have heartily received and on which you stand. For it is through the revelation of the gospel that you are being saved. Why is it so important that you know the good news? Because there's revelation. There's this relationship with God that he wants to reveal to you 
the mysteries of his kingdom, the depth of his love, the depth of his grace and his strength. And as you get the good news into your eyes, into your ears, out your mouth, and you receive it into your heart, there's these revelations that take place from spirit to spirit. And it saves you. It saves your mind. It saves your marriage. It saves your future. No matter what you've come out of, no matter the headlines that you used to believe, or maybe you're believing them today, you can walk right out of it. You can walk right out of anything that has held you captive because in Christ Jesus, there are no captives. (laughs) There are only victors. In Christ Jesus, which is the good news, you are more than a conqueror. And when you receive that good news and then dare to preach it to yourself, you preach yourself happy. Every single day, every single moment, even no matter what you face, no matter the storm, maybe it's tragedy, maybe there's bad news that has come to you, it doesn't forsake the truth of this good news. Nothing changes what you have in Christ. Nothing trumps the good news. No news trumps what we have in Christ Jesus. And it says that these revelations of the gospel, it's how you're being saved if, if you fasten your life firmly to the message that I have taught you. So this message, this good news, there needs to be a fastening. There needs to be a choice on your part because he said if. And man, these ifs, these buts in the Bible, when you read them, you pay attention to them because it means you have a choice. Whenever you see that God's saying, well, if you do this, then this happens because there is a way that is a good way for God's kids to live. It's not just we live by our feelings and however we identify one day and however we identify the next day, it's okay. And just que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. No, we've seen what the world's ways leads to. Hey, if your eyes are open and if you're observing the world around you, it's got nothing for you. But God shows us a good way to live, that he's called us to, that he has given us everything we need to live it. And it's not in our own strength. It's not in our own ability. And we're going to jump into that. It says, I have shared with you what I have received and what is of utmost importance. The Messiah died for our sins. He was buried in a tomb and was raised from the dead after three days. That's the good news. Everything bows its knees to Jesus. Every sickness, every thought, every anger, anger moment, every grief, every trauma, accident, sin, disease must bow to the authority, the power in Jesus. And when you find yourself in him and you realize the authority that you have through this good news, it changes the way you see things. It changes what you allow your heart to receive because you are the keeper of your heart. You are the keeper of who decides what is the news that I will receive. The whole world might be saying, oh, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. And you're going, ain't no way. Ain't no way. If God's for me, who can be against me? And a thousand may fall at one side and 10,000 at the other, but it won't even come near me because that's what I'm receiving. So you can keep running around saying the sky's falling, but I choose to receive the good news, like Paul said, and I choose to stand on it. You are called to stand as believers in Jesus, not to be in the fetal position, not to be sitting on your butt, watching life pass by and, oh man, I wish I had what she had and I wish I was smart enough to do that. Oh, you can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. 
if you want to receive that. But this is what I want to get across to you today, that you've been believing headlines. I've been believing headlines that are lies. I've been letting news, these headline stories that maybe the world shows me, the enemy, hey, the world is captive to the enemy. The enemy is the God of this world. So they, if they have not found themselves in Jesus, it's just Jesus or Satan. There's no in between. <laughs> you either serve one or the other. And the world we see, we see what happens when we live by our feelings, when we live by what we just think, when we live by whatever seems the smartest way to go. Thank God that we have a way, that we have wisdom, that we have grace and strength and that he guides and instructs us through this good news. There is no way you can fail. There is no way that we can fail as we receive this good news and we make it our headline story. But it's up to you. What you decide is going to be your headline story in life. Amen? This good news, it's personal, it's intimate. It's not an archaic, outdated book. It's power, it's energy, it's life, it's God's spirit. And when you take it in and you speak it, the word says that there is power in your mouth, which is why I say, go home and preach it yourself each and every day, <laughs> because you are the best person to encourage yourself in the Lord. When you go through those moments where you feel sadness or depression or anxiety knocking at the door, you don't have to open that door. You don't have to open that door. Even though the world will say, well, it's good to cry. Yeah, but I don't want to cry forever. <laughs> the world wants you just like weep in there all the time. And it's like, no, if either there is in his presence, there is fullness of joy. That's what I want to receive. Yes, I'll cry if I need to cry, but I am not called to live there. Weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. As you know the word, you can receive it as in a greater degree. If you don't know the word, then of course you're going to receive every other headline story. It's in knowing the truth that we set ourselves free. And that's easy. Some of you are saying, Eden, it is not that simple. Talk to God about it because he made it that simple. He did. Mankind likes to make things complicated and well, the, well it's got to be harder than that. I got to work hard for it. That's the world's way of thinking. <laughs> no, you need to cooperate with who God made you to be. You need to, to, to put your hand up and say, yes, Jesus died for me. So I'm going to get everything he came to give me. I, Pastor Liam would often say, you can live, you can, uh, you give your heart to Jesus. You're on your way to heaven, but you're living like hell on earth. That is not God's destiny, but that is some believer's reality because they don't unpack this good news. Yes, Jesus died for me. Yes, I have a family in heaven, but actually he wants kingdom of heaven living on earth right now. And it's up to us how we unpack this gift, this good word, and let it be the good news that sets you free. It's intimate. It's personal. God knows who raised you. God knows where you grew up. God knows the thoughts you have. God knows the things you've experienced, endured, and he has an answer. He has a promise. He has something that can set you free if you dare to trust in him and rely on his good news and let his good news come out your mouth more than the grumbling, the complaining, the unthankfulness, the strife, the envy, the gossip. The word is so clear on what to not let touch your lips. And when you falter, when you let it touch your lips, you repent. What does that mean? I loved Pastor Leon's depiction of this. The, I forget which translation it is, if it's Greek or Hebrew, but it literally just means you turn around. 
You turn your back on how you were living and you chart your way with God. Repenting means I don't want to do this anymore. Man, I messed that up. That's not who I am. You get to decide who you will be no matter how you've lived, no matter how many mistakes you've made. Jesus knows. God sent Jesus because he knew we were imperfect, but yet in him, we can really live. And that's the, that's the key here, that the good news isn't about you working hard, striving hard, trying to figure it out. It's in him. Galatians 2.20 says, my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. The old headlines that we fed ourselves. Oh, you know, I'm just... I'm a girl. No one, no one listens to girls. It's a man's world. I don't know. What are some of the headlines that, God, that you've received? The old me, you know? Well, I'm just an angry person. It's in my genes. My, my dad was angry. My grandma was angry. It just kind of goes through, you know? We just got to work on it. You know, what are the things that you've received that is the old you? Because the Bible says when you come to, to know Christ, you are identifying in him. The old you is gone. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. This is where freedom is, realizing that this life, it's not by my own strength. It's not by my will. It's God's will be done in my life. And I am going to live through him. And it's a choice that you have to make for your life. And sometimes it's a second by second, minute by minute, day by day choice until you build that strong foundation and you know, this is the rock I stand on. And no one can tell me otherwise. No one's done what Jesus has done for me. No one's taken how many years to write out a plan and a purpose and a destiny for me that I can choose to walk in it if I want to. You have to cooperate with this life. And it says that the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. We live in union. You know, some translations say, for I have been crucified with Christ. And yet I live. But no longer I live, Christ lives in me. When you can see yourself this way, that, wow, no, no, no. <laughs> he restored this relationship with God, that his spirit dwells within. I am the very temple of God. He's with me. He loves me so much that he wouldn't let anything stand in the way. Sin, the fall of man, and he restored this relationship through his son. And I can let him live through me, but it, it's a union. How can two walk together unless they agree? Our job is to get in agreement quick with God. Find out what his word says and agree. God, you are good. God, you are the giver of life. It is the enemy who steals, kills, and destroys. I will never blame any of that on you, Lord. You are good. You are faithful. You never fail because you can't. Because it's in his very DNA. I don't know if God has DNA, but it's in his very DNA that he can't fail. He just can't. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And yet the church is spending so much time blaming God for some pretty big hardships. They don't even know who he is. He says right in his word, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And yet we allow ourselves to join with some other headline stories that people say, well, God must have, you know, needed you to learn a lesson there. Does my Bible say that? No. <laughs> it says he's for me and not against me. It says that he's made me more than a conqueror. I know I'm coming at you heavy here, but 
This is vital. It's of utmost importance, like Paul said. And here at Springs, we want to walk in truth. We want to see the freedom, the fullest freedom of Christ in our marriages, in our homes, in our mind, in our body. And what it takes is you and I deciding, I'm going to be in union with Jesus. I'm not going to let myself feel something if the Bible says, do not fear, do not worry. It's something that I have been practicing in these last couple months since that message in November where I preached on anxiety. Oh, I have been practicing this. If God says that I should not fear, if God says that I should not fret, then I will not let myself. It's a choice. But this world will send headline news that says, no, 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 you're a victim of your circumstances. No, 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 you can't control how you feel. I have found that I can. I have found that if I get good enough at it, it gets easier. I'm not perfect. I fail. I falter. But I love that God's given me a husband who, who well, I chose my husband, but God sent him. So I love that, that I chose a man who loves God and we keep each other in check. If I say, oh, this is stressing me, he goes, oh, Eden, are you stressed? No, I am not stressed. God says, do not fear for the Lord your God is with you. He's going to help me figure this out. And in the same breath where you're about to speak the negative headline, you preach yourself the good news. It's literally that, I don't know what the word is. I think sometimes as Christians, we look for this really spiritual, mystical experience. And that again is the world telling you that God is this feeling, this, you know, and, and, and sometimes, yes, we sense God through our spirit. And yes, he can reach us physically if he wants to, but he doesn't need to. God's best is spirit to spirit. He lives in your spirit. The Bible says, if you set your mind on the things of the flesh, carnal, um, you know, your five senses, it leads to death. If you live your life based off what you hear, see, feel, taste, touch, it is a road to disaster. But a mind that is set on the spirit leads to life. So a mind set on the word, a mindset, um, it can't be set on anything else. And it, it comes in each moment. When I go to make a decision and I feel fear creeping up, I tell it to shut up. And I say, no, my God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And instead of expressing the wrong headline story, I preach myself the good news. And I find that my mind and my emotions with time, with practice, begin to listen. We got a puppy this week. <laughs> and um, entered the world of training. It's very important to train your dog. My brother has three dogs. And uh, him and his wife, you know, always tell us about training and how they're similar to kids because my brother has yet to have kids. I know they're going to have lots, but they said, you know, um, you know, it, you got to train them. They're kind of like a kid. And I have found that this is true. You know, you need to train the dog. You need to show him and lead him. And I find it's the same. I'm not calling myself a dog, but I'm just saying you train yourself. You train yourself by how you choose to live. I train myself in those moments where I used to let emotions creep up and overtake me. And I go, no, the good news is my news. Jesus died for me. The Bible says, I don't have to fear, so I won't. And it literally is those moment by moment, choice by choice. And if you fall, you get back up again and you keep going. 
you know, I was walking the mall with my daughter yesterday. Well, I wasn't walking the mall. I was on a mission. If you know me, I'm on a mission always. We're going in, we're going to go get the t-shirts and the shorts, and then we're going home. But you know, this shopping thing starts, starts young with girls. It's shocking to me because I don't go to the mall often. And my three-year-old start, oh, mom, look at this and look at that. And can we get that? And, you know, we're walking the mall and I love to hold her hand. I grew up holding my parents' hand and I loved walking the mall holding my dad's hand. And, you know, in, in that small hand just held in that big hand, you feel so safe and secure. And as I was walking with her, she's three. I just thought, oh, I love holding my daughter's hand. And I was proud that she's mine. Everyone who sees me holding her hand will know she's my daughter. And I'm taking care of her. And I love her. And I'm guiding her. And I'm leading her to which store and what we need to get done. And sometimes she'd let go of my hand and she'd run off. And I'd be like, Olive, come back here. No, 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 babe. But, and she'd hear my voice. And she'd come back. And she'd hold my hand. And, and God just dropped into my thoughts. You know, that, that's how I feel about you, Eden. That's how I feel about my sons and daughters is I love holding your hand. I love being found with you. I'm proud of you. I love showing you off to the world. This is my son, my daughter. And even if you let go and you run off, I'm right there. I never go. I call you. The Bible says my sheep know my voice. And uh, I find myself saying that lately. God, I thank you that I know your voice. I thank you that I know your voice, that I hear it and that I listen and that I do what you're calling me to do because it leads to life. And I don't want to go my own way. And I love that. In Psalms, it says that God leads us by the hand. He wants to hold you by the hand. He loves you. He wants to protect you. He wants to keep you safe. But it's your choice to hold it back. It's your choice to be in union with him. And so stay close to the Father. Stay close. Let Jesus live through you. Let the good news be what you preach, what you live by, what you do. If you receive this good news, you can know it. That's mental assent. Knowing it, oh, I feel good knowing it. But living it is where you experience it. Challenging yourself to not say yes to your flesh, to say yes to your hot temper, to revenge, to gossip, and you go, no, I am a child of God. This is how he's called me to live in his word, and I will do it. Even if it's an experiment, give it a go for a couple months. Well, I'm going to try this thing Eden said. I'm just not going to let myself do what I feel like doing, and I'm always going to find out what God says about relationships, about finances, about health. He has wisdom for every area of life. It shocks me the more I spend time in the word going, God, you're so good. This one verse that I learned in, in kindergarten, it means something different and in high school. And then it, it brings new expression and revelation as a mom. And wow, God, your word is really living. It's living and it meets me right where I'm at in my, in my need, in my situation as I dare to live it and receive it. It's the good news. So you get to choose the headline story for your life. We identify um, with headlines that aren't of God. And we need to awake to that and go, okay, no. If I know the good news, then I know what the bad news is. And when the bad news tries to tell me it's the good news, <laughs> be like, don't even try. I know what the good news is. I know who set me free. And I will continue to speak that news over my life. So get rid of those old headline stories. You know, I was walking through the store the other day and I saw a magazine. I'm not a magazine reader, but the graphics must have been doing their job because I went, oh, what's that? And it said, living with, I can't remember, dementia, um, anxiety, I can't remember. But that's our world. Here, here's how to live with it. And I mean, maybe they, 
maybe they mean well. The writer itself probably means well. They're trying to show you how to cope, how to get through something. But my Bible doesn't say I need to live with sickness, doesn't say I need to live with fear or anxiety or depression or anger or strife. It says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It says that I can let Christ live through me and I can see freedom take hold in every area of my life. And so we have to get so strong about what we say no to because the world will try to creep in with its headlines. Oh, no, no, Eden, you know, some people just have diabetes. Uh, nope, that's not what God's word says. A child of God can walk in freedom in their health. But you will only walk in freedom to the extent that you believe and receive the good news. And that's something you can change. That's something you can journey in. And you are not alone. God will bring you to the word. God will show you, here's who I am, Eden. Here's who I made you to be. Jesus died for all all your sickness and disease. Jesus took on every curse. Will you believe it? Will you just say, yes, God, I don't know how this works, but there ain't nobody promising me anything near this. And I'm going to get your word in my mouth and in my heart. I'm going to keep planting it. I want to harvest the good life. I want to harvest the good news in my day, in my family, as a parent, and I can only do it with you. This is what I've come to realize. I can only do it with God. And that's the good news that he sent his son, Jesus. But that the reason Jesus came is because God doesn't want to be without you for one moment. He loves you. Every word, every promise. I love you, Eden. I love you, Andrew. I love you, Lisa. And as we receive that perfect love casts out all fear. If I'm receiving the love of the Father, there is no room for fear. If I'm receiving it and letting him love me, and it seriously just comes to this waking up and living and abiding in his word, it talks about it in the scriptures, and it comes through our choices every day. It literally comes through these, these things that don't seem very spiritual. How do we set up my home? What are the habits that we create in our marriage, in our family life? What do I spend my time talking about? You know, what time should I go to bed? How can I put some time aside to just meditate on the word? How can I call out to God in my day-to-day -day life? Am I stopping and praying with my kids when they're having an argument? Am I calling on God with my spouse and saying, Lord, we need an answer here. We thank you. We're trusting that in Christ Jesus, we are more than conquerors. It's bringing the good news into every moment, daring to breathe it out those lips because God loves you. And this news can be received to the fullest extent that you dare to receive it. And you can work the word in your life by speaking that good news, living that good news, trusting in him, trusting in his love, in his word. You know, you must value the good news for it to have an impact in your life. If you want this good news, build it into your day where you place value on this more than who texted me. You know, there's something about the phone. They say that it's... um 
it, it, it releases dopamine in the head when you, when you like, like something on Instagram or you check how many followers you have. Like there is some science behind why we become addicted to certain things in life. But when you wake up to that and you understand that you get to choose where you put value in your life. This is what the, I love this. I love that I have the power and the authority to change, that I have the power and the authority to speak to a mountain in Christ Jesus and say, be cast into the sea that there is such incredible potential and such incredible answers for those who find themselves in Christ Jesus and realize it's not in my strength, it's in his. It's not in my efforts or my will or, or me trying to prove myself to God. He already loves me. But how can two walk together unless they agree? All right, Eden, where do you need to agree with Jesus when it comes to your health? All right, let's speak this over our body because he loves me, because he gave himself up for me as a sacrifice and he surrendered his life. And now I can surrender mine to him. I'm jumping all over the place compared to my other services, but I just love this word that God dropped in my heart. It's something I needed. And um, I want to end on Ephesians 5. I want to encourage you today to read that whole chapter. I would love to just sit here and read it to you, but I can't. Um, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be imitators of God. Be imitators of God in everything you do. For then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. And this is the Passion Translation. In the footnotes it says, The Greek word mimetis frequently depicts an actor playing a role. God wants us to mimic him and be filled with his thoughts, his love, his deeds, and his character. Isn't that cool? It literally says, an actor playing a role. And I've heard some people say that. Well, I just feel fake. I feel like I'm pretending when I, you know, do things I'm not used to. I used to be a really angry person and now I'm trying to learn. It's a soft answer, turns away wrath, the Bible says. It says where there is envy and strife, there is every evil work. So I work at not bringing strife to my relationships. Nope, I will not speak strife. Nope, I will not speak envy. And I choose this is who God made me to be. It's not, I need to find the willpower to do this. It's, this is who I am in Christ Jesus. It comes out of that confidence. Not like, oh, I got to figure this out and work up the will. It's like, no, I receive that he loves me. And because he loves me, I can be who he's called me to be. And he's going to show me and he's going to lead me and guide me. And he says, mimic me, imitate me. You know, I'm in a house with um, kids under the age of five. That's, that's my life as mom right now. And copycat has become a fun thing <laughs> for my three and five-year-old. You know, mom says something and then they copy me and they laugh. They think they're so funny. And um, I don't get angry and be like, who do you think you are? You're not me. You're your own person. I find it flattering that my kids would pretend they can be like me or they see me praying or they see me singing and they will start. There's something about this child-parent relationship that we have with Father God that we learn as parents here on earth that, wow, it's a blessing. When you, are, when you are pursuing God and his joy and his freedom, you want your children to imitate you. You learn the things that you need to change as they imitate you. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, we don't say that. Well, you said that yesterday, mom. Right. We do not say that in this house. So if you hear mommy say it, you tell me and they'll call you out. I love it. 
just as I call them out, they'll go, oh, mom, we don't say that. And I go, thank you, babe. You're right. We don't say that in this house. That's not kind. That's not good. This is what God says. And God's saying, mimic me. You're my kids. I'm your dad. You're made in my image and my likeness, and it's in you. But you got to choose to imitate me. Isn't that so cool that God wants you to imitate him in everything you do? It says, continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God. Isn't that a crazy, isn't that a crazy thought? Amen. Isn't that just an all-consuming, overwhelming thought that Jesus' great love for you by dying on a cross by suffering, like he suffered. He took on every disease, every illness, every curse. Why would I walk this planet living with those things when I can live with Jesus, when I can live in the freedom, the destiny, the purpose, the joy, but I need to find myself in him. I need to continue. Hey, we're not perfect. I'm not calling myself perfect by a long shot, but God is perfect and he lives inside of you. And he knows how to perfectly lead you and guide you by the hand as you stay with him, as you find unity in him and you say, I agree, Lord. I don't know how this works, but I'm going to agree with you that this is my inheritance. This is who you are and I will speak it. And it's incredible how your faith gets built up. But I wanna encourage us today, take God at his word. Let it be your good news. Let it be the only news that you speak from your mouth continue to walk surrendered. I find the more I surrender to the extravagant love of Jesus, the more I am humbled, the more I am in awe, the more I find myself just saying, thank you, God. How, how could you do this for me? How could I not love you? You love me so much. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your joy. Thank you for Jesus. And it's our choice what we'll surrender to him but he showed us how. He doesn't ask us anything that he isn't already doing. What God asks of you or tells you is part of you, it's in him. So if he, he is in you, in him we live and move and have our being. And I pray that revelation becomes real to you today, that it's not in your own will, it's not in your own strength. Yes, you can find yourself there. Oh yeah, how many of us have been there? Like Dallas was saying, you know, we go through the week in our own strength, in our own will, you know, the grind. Oh yeah, I'm busy. I'm tired. Well, the word says that God's power in us energizes us, that his power is at work in us. And that's where we should identify. That's where we should find ourselves in every moment. And that's why it's the good news because it literally sets the captives free. It literally breaks the bondage. It literally goes from survivor to victor. No, we are not called to be survivors. We are called to be overcomers. We are called to be victorious. And you let the good news be the headline on every thought, every emotion, every word that comes out of your mouth. And you enjoy this relationship with God. You enjoy every moment and you go, God, how, how was I living any other way? 
You know, when I really surrender, that's how I feel. I'm like, wow, God, you really know how to bring all the pieces together. Why didn't I do this sooner? Why didn't I trust you sooner here? And it's incredible how you, how you build strength. Your capacity to trust gets stronger. You can lift heavier weights. The more you lift those weights, you can increase the weights. It's the same way with God. Trust him in the little things. Give him more. Give him more. And, and, and you'll find yourself going, why did I even let those things hang me up years ago? Why was I even worried about those things? It's because you didn't have re a revelation at the time of who God is, of who he made you to be. But there's no shame or condemnation. God isn't the accuser. The enemy is the accuser of the brethren. He goes, come on, daughter. Come on, son. Get up. Come on. We got things to go, places to be. And I've called you to go into all the world and preach the good news. You preach it at yourself so well that people around you go, there's something different about you. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> How come you're so happy even though I know you're going through some stuff right now? How come your kids listen to you most of the time? Most. We're all imperfect, including our children. We need grace. God gives us lots of grace. It's incredible. Thank you, Jesus. And that's what helps this world turn their eyes to Jesus and realize this world's got nothing on Jesus. This world's got nothing on his favor, his peace, his promise. And all you got to do is put your hand up, get in line, come into agreement and say, this is my word. This is good news for me and my family. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and generation upon generation will see the favor of God. Goodness and mercy will chase us down. See how the word just builds up your faith and you can do that each and every day in your home with your children and God's with you every step of the way. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads. God, we just thank you for this word. We thank you that you have given us good news, that in Christ Jesus, you have set us free, that we are victors. I pray that we would find ourselves in Jesus, that we would realize that it's not in our strength, but your power is at work in us. And God, I pray that we'd preach this good news to ourselves every single day. Even if, if it feels funny at times, we would get it on our lips always because it's the good news. It's the truth we know that's sets us free. And God, we want to walk in all that Jesus came to give us. And we know that it pleases you as we imitate you, as we take on your thoughts, your deeds, your love, your character. And we can do this because you made us like you. God, we thank you in advance that your word accomplishes what it's sent forth to do. As I close, if you would like to start this relationship with God, it's really simple. God is not a complicated God. <laughs> he says that you believe that Jesus died for you. And then you invite him into your heart you, with your mouth. That's the authority that God's given you is your mouth. And you say, Jesus, I believe. I want to walk with you. I want to start this journey with God. If that's you, we'd love to pray that simple prayer with you with no one else looking around but me. Would you just raise your hand real quick? God's got an incredible plan and purpose for your life. And we'd love to lead you in this incredible relationship with him. We don't let fear get in the way. Those headlines keep us trapped and in bondage. And so let's just pray this together. Awesome. Thank you. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for me. I want to follow you. I thank you that you are with me and I am never alone. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Awesome. Well, congratulations to those of you who prayed that prayer.